Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording once again from the home bunker. Folks, coming up in the show, uh, I have a conversation with our friend Kurt Bardella about all the ways in which Democrats need to be capitalizing on this moment, this win uh, that they have around Joe Manchin's reversal and actually wanting to give the power that apparently, you know, we in the United States did not give him, but the five people that live in West Virginia did to be able to fight against climate change and inflation and all of the things. Um, so we'll get into that conversation. Uh, I want to start today, however, with, um, just my feelings recently around Republicans. And I know you're just going to say, oh, Danielle, I already know what you're going to talk about. And yes, like there are a range of things to talk about, but I get into it a little bit with Kurt, but I I, I want to say it here too. Republicans are a hateful, vengeful, white supremacist group. And I don't know why it has taken so long and so many offensive things that they have either supported, ignored, championed um, for us to be able to articulate this truth and just say who they are. Part of being able to solve a problem is the ability to recognize that there is a problem. And where I see how our democracy began to falter way back when Probably I would say, you know, when we allowed for the Supreme Court to decide the 2000 presidential election, as opposed to the people who actually voted for Al Gore, nonetheless, um, let me not go off into the tangent of the early of the 2000s. Um, but let's say this. Let's go to Obama. Right. And the birth of the Tea Party. And birtherism. And how the media, as well as the Democratic establishment, viewed those people as just the fringe, not the catalyst to the insurrection 
that we would then witness some 12 plus years later. What aggravates me so much is that the writing has been on the wall for the longest time about who the Republican Party is and what it is that they want. Now, before Donald Trump, they may have had better articulated people, you know, more articulate. I wouldn't say better articulated because that was totally not a fucking sentence, but they may have had compassionate conservatives as George W. Bush referred to himself. So compassionate, in fact, that he flew over Katrina, the site of, you know, major hurricane devastation and death and didn't provide government aid and Black people were left to be on top of buildings or being shot by police for having to get their basic needs met. Because when white people took things from grocery stores, they were in survival mode. When black people did it, they needed to be shot dead because they were looters. I digress. There were other people who wore different masks, but were a part of the same spectrum of Trumpism. George W. Bush didn't come out and say that he didn't give a fuck about black people. Kanye West said that when he still, you know, had a functioning part of his frontal lobe. But he didn't. And we knew that. Right. We knew that Reagan hated the LGBTQ community, hated the black community, which is why crack was dumped into it. And LGBTQ people were left to die of HIV and AIDS. And it wasn't until it would begin infecting the hetero population um, that then the government would move and take any type of action or even recognize that it was happening in the first place. So there have been Republicans that maybe were better liked, maybe were more articulate, more charismatic in a way that didn't make you want to throw up in your mouth the way that Donald Trump does. But their ideologies, were all aligned. Some were just more subtle than others. Donald Trump prefers to use, you know, a bludgeonous weapon, whereas Republicans that came before him were a lot more surgical in terms of what they were doing to upend and remove rights or marginalize already marginalized people. So what I'm saying is that none of what is transpiring right now came out of thin air. It didn't come from nowhere, right? What we are experiencing now with Trumpism is just a more hyped up, you know, steroid dose, um, coked up dose of Republicanism. But it's the same principles. We don't give a fuck about people of color. They are criminals. They are subservient. They are undeserving of democracy rights or any uh, economic mobility, any of those things. We hate women. Women are just incubators for the production of more white men. Kurt Bardella will say this later. So they have always told us what they believe in and what they're willing to do to get those things. So why do we still find ourselves like a deer in headlights stuck with regard to this country backsliding into fascism? Why are we so 
in shock that we're unable to mobilize in any real consistent way for people to get angry and stay angry. You know, on my other show, Democracy-ish, which you should check out this week, I had a really great conversation with my co-host and our guest, uh, State Senator Mallory McMorrow. Mallory Mallory McMorrow is the state senator from Michigan who went toe-to-toe and had a viral speech that I think has now been viewed 12 million plus times, taking on uh, her white woman Republican colleague who called her a pedophile and a groomer. And instead of her ignoring it in the way that Democrats love to ignore attacks by these rabid fucking bullies, she decided to go toe-to-toe with her and talk about the fact that she is a white woman, suburban mom, a Christian, you know, a Christian whose faith like guides and leads her. And how dare she believe that because she stands for equity and justice for all people, including transgender children, that somehow she is a groomer or a pedophile. Her actions, her words were brilliant. And she shut that Republican hypocrite the fuck up. I say all this to say that ignoring bullies does not make them go away. It just shows how weak you are. Now, you all can say to me, well, Danielle, you're not a parent. So if my kid is getting picked on and I don't think that they can win, I'm going to tell them to go run and hide. Well, I'll tell you that the bully bully will always suss you out, right? And what people need to start recognizing is that, oh no, we will fight back. Doesn't mean that we're going to win, but it means that I'm not going to lay down and get my ass kicked, right? Without trying to stand up for myself. Republicans have been kicking this country's ass for generations. They've been picking apart our rights, our democracy, and all of the things that actually make America, America. Our ability to vote, our ability to have voice in our government, our ability to be able to provide for our families, our ability to make choices about our own bodies, right? Our ability to send our children to public school and think that they're going to get an education and not be riddled with bullets. Republicans have ticked away at all of those things and we have allowed them to do so and continue to refer to them as like our colleagues, our friends, oh, it's just an ideological opposition. It isn't. They have been a direct threat to our democracy for generations. We just lulled ourselves into believing that there were things that we could come to the table on, but not recognizing or maybe not caring so much that that table was the marginalized community's back. That Democrats and Republicans would decide to negotiate on top of. So what I'm saying is that it is time, it is past fucking time to tell the truth about who these people are. And it isn't hyperbolic and it isn't, oh, playing politics. What the fuck you think we do in government? What do you think happens on Capitol Hill? It's politics. So you play in it, right? Whether you're devising up strategies, whether you are playing with poll numbers, whether you are attacking uh, your political opponent, whatever it is that you're doing, 
for those people that are in it. It is a game. The sad part is, is that the results of that game really have impact on average people's lives. But let's not pretend that it's something that it isn't, that all of these people went to Capitol Hill because they believe in the same tenets of our democracy and the Constitution, because they do not. So if you are needing to set yourself apart and saying, this is why you should vote for me, then you need to make it clear why the fuck you shouldn't be voting for the other guy. And it shouldn't just be because, oh, we have, we're ideologically opposed. No, it's because the other guy is a fucking threat to your life and livelihood. And if I'm not making that clear and you to say to yourself, well, there's no difference between me and them, then whose fault is that? Not the voters' fault. It's your fault for not telling the better story. Now, Democrats have the fucking truth on their side, and they need to wield the truth like a goddamn weapon the way that Trump wielded that crowd towards his vice president of the United States. It's past time that we continue to give these people a pass and think that all of this, all of the fucking shit that we are living in right now came out of nowhere or came from Donald Trump because it did not. They've been plucking the democracy chicken all along and that bitch is almost bald. So it's about time that people start waking up and recognizing these people for who they are. Coming up next, my friends, my conversation with our friend, Kurt Bardella. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. The Damage Report with John Idarola is one of the most popular shows on the TYT network that serves as your daily breakdown of the genuine threats and challenges facing our country and world. These days, we're confronted with an overwhelming sea of shocking, confounding, and devastating news stories. The Damage Report is your life raft, helping you navigate the day's news and understand the damage caused by the corrupt establishment, politicians, corporations, and everything in between. Join the Damage Report's notorious fan club, The Dragon Squad, where you become part of a fantastic community of progressives. Create a fun dragon nickname that fits your personality, collaborate, and participate in fun activities like voting for, the garbage person of the week, and much more. Listen to The Damage Report on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Folks, you know that whenever I have the opportunity to sit down with our friend, Kurt Bardella, you know him as a writer for USA Today, the LA Times, as a a spokesperson and a strategist for the DNC, the DCCC, all the C's and all the D's. Kurt Bardella, um, welcome back. Um, For the first time, I think I would like to start with a bit of good news, which is that instead of me you know, screaming and going blue in the face over the fact that Joe Manchin is just a Republican uh, in Democrats clothing. Major reversal this week. 
on climate change, on the inflation tax climate package. And I want to get your thoughts because you had you had tweeted and you were just like, this is Democrats doing work. This is what this should look like. Tell us about why this reversal is important and why we should be celebrating. Well, I think Democrats are finally kind of hitting their stride here because it's really this this trifecta of, of policies, uh, victories really for Biden and the Democrats that we're seeing. Um, I've always believed, like in sports, winning begots winning. You know, you just got to get the first one through and then everything becomes easier after that. The combination of, you know, we got some semblance of a gun reform bill passed. We've gotten now the, the chips bill through the Senate, something that will help deal with inflation and just American competitiveness in the economy. All the while, Republicans have decided to make their stand voting against things like funding veterans uh, and siding with China over this American competitiveness bill. And that brings us now to, to really this new iteration of Build Back Better, which is also really a package that's designed to help keep a lid on inflation, to help address the climate crisis. And all of a sudden, Democrats are just racking up victory after victory after victory, where Republicans are left looking around, deciding to put themselves once again on the opposite side of public opinion. There's only so many times you can take extreme positions and alienate yourselves from voters, whether it's women, whether it's people of color, whether it's senior citizens, whether it's the veterans, like at some point you're just going to run out of voters because I can tell you, Danielle, there just aren't enough members of the KKK to put Republicans in Congress. They ain't going to cut it. You need more votes than that. Uh, and, and they're really doing their best to, to, to put themselves in a, in a situation where they're going to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. You know, I want to go back to the veterans bill for a second, right? Because the Republican Party has always fancied themselves the party of quote unquote law and order, right? The party of police, the party of military. So here you have this bill that would, you know, take care of those veterans that are out putting their lives, their mental health, their physical well-being at risk for the democracy that this party, the Republican Party, is working overtime to try and overthrow. I mean, how do you think that Democrats use, right, the fact that you have this party that is voting against our veterans and their ability to take care of themselves, to take care of their families, to get the aid that they need after putting their lives on the line? So what where how how should the messaging work here about that? Because I I mean, I don't know why I was stunned. I feel like we went, we've been in the sewer with Republicans. So I don't know why I was stunned by this, but I was actually taken aback. You know, I think that if I were in charge of the Democratic messaging for every Democrat and every group in America, I would say you need to put together an ad that ties together the leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, insulting John McCain for being captured and tortured. You need to put together a montage of Donald Trump referring to our service members as suckers and losers. And then you need to juxtapose that with this decision by the Republican Party in Congress to not support funding our veterans. The story tells itself. The Republican Party is not on the side of veterans any more than they're on the side of any other constituency in America that actually needs government help and government service. They just aren't. Uh, you cannot be the pro-military party and refuse to actually fund our veteran services. Um, you know, Republicans have gotten away with this facade that they have this monopoly on patriotism and liberty and freedom ever since 9-11. They've gotten away with this. When you see an American flag flying somewhere, you just now assume, oh, that's a MAGA voter. How we got to this point where they've been able to hijack what it means to be an American is just utter nonsense to me. And this is an opportunity for Democrats to start taking that back. 
Why don't you think that that is top of mind for Democrats? Like every time that we have major legislation that comes through where we get these folks on the record to know exactly what it is that they stand for, and they don't stand with the American people. They don't stand with democracy. They are standing with China. They are standing with Putin. What is it that stops Democrats from being able to air out the truth to the American people? I mean, you know, Kurt, we have but a handful of weeks, right? A handful of weeks left until we have midterm elections. I know, which is hard to think about as the earth is on fire um, with our summertime temperatures, you know, skyrocketing, but it's in a handful of weeks. What stops them from being able to just tell the truth to use Republicans' own votes and their own words against them? Yeah, yeah it's almost a DNA thing, Daniel. I, there's this, this impulse that Democrats have that the right policies, doing the right thing, should should win the day. And, and I wish we lived in that world. That would be right. amazing. I, I, I very much uh, yearn for the day where we live in that kind of a world. But we don't. And I think that's why, in part, there's people like me now who, who have joined the Democratic Party to try to show them that, listen, I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers, like I'm infallible or the greatest strategist in the world. I'm, I'm, there are a billion people that are a lot smarter than I am. But I can tell you, having been a former Republican, Having worked in Republican campaigns, Republican politics, I know how these people think and how they fight. And we have got to start fighting fire with fire. And oh, by the way, unlike the Republicans, we don't have to lie. We don't have to make shit up. We just need to tell the truth and provide that context, that historical context. And I think that's what's missing so much from our politics and from the media, frankly, is the historical context of how Republicans have claimed to be one thing, but time and again with their actions and their behavior and their rhetoric have shown to be something else. You cannot claim to be pro-military when, on the other hand, the leader of your party thinks that they're a bunch of suckers and losers. You know, when Joe Biden last week, when he finally, you know, kind of went a little bit toe to toe with Donald Trump uh, when talking about the insurrection, which he has, you know, tried to steer away from. But he said, you cannot be pro cop. You cannot be pro military and support an insurrection like you cannot be pro democracy. Right. And not want to get to the bottom mm -hmm. of how our country is being overthrown. And so I wonder here, you know, Kurt. Should Joe Biden be doing more of that, of that rhetoric that he gave, or is it the responsibility of, let's say, a Nancy Pelosi and a Chuck Schumer to anoint, right, those spokespeople in the way that Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell have with their rabid right wing folks like a Marjorie Taylor mm -hmm. Greene, who says, by the way, we can deal with climate change because we have air conditioners and refrigerators. She is an idiot. Um, like Matt Gates, who um, decided to troll and body shame a teenage girl, which, by the way, he should probably stop talking about teenage girls, being as how he traffics them. Yes. Um, but but so I I'm wondering, do you is it Biden that needs to be to have the microphone or does Pelosi and Schumer need to pass that around to the folks that actually have the platform and the audience that it will get across to? You know, in politics, I've always told candidates, politicians, you know, be true to who you are. Joe Biden's a lot of things. A knife fighter isn't exactly one of them. So I actually don't think that he should be the one leading that because that's just not who he is. That's not you can people can always tell when you're trying to be something you're not. Um, it's inherently uncomfortable and, and it therefore becomes off as less uh, believable. Uh, I, you know, I think that Joe Biden ran as a guy who said that he would. Uh, conduct himself with dignity, that he would return truth and morality to the office of the presidency. I think he has done that, by the way. Um, 
but I do think that when you when I think about bare knuckle brawlers in politics, I think Nancy Pelosi doesn't get you know she's as tough as they come, and that that is much more her brand. I think back to her tearing up Donald Trump's State of the Union address. Um, you know, you know she, she is someone who does not shy away from a fight. And so I think that it, it needs to come from, from, from her. And, and in some ways, I think it's starting to. I think that, again, you're seeing a subtle shift in posture from Democrats. I think that they're finally kind of got their mojo back a little bit. It's, it, it was a brutal summer. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, everything that kind of could go wrong, things completely out of all of our control did go wrong. Um, but now I think that we're starting to kind of find our straight. I think Republicans, you know, they're, they're, they're the dog that caught the bus. Like, now what do you do? It's like you said, you're going to do all these things, these horrible things. And guess what? You started to do them. And as it turns out, everybody hates you for it. And, and, and your answer for it is to continue alienating and offending people at, at an unthinkable level. Things that Matt Gates is doing um, you know, is, is reprehensible, disgusting. You know, he's just a walking piece of shit. Uh, you know, and I, and I and I think that we're seeing. You know, when I look at people like Ruben Agayago from Arizona, Eric Swallow from California, uh, you know, people who are, are are not afraid to start taking the fight directly to these Republicans. Um, I, I think that's the direction that we need to start going in, and I think that uh, it's incumbent upon every single person who's in the Democratic Party. I don't care whether you're in office or not in office at this point. If you have a platform, if you have a microphone of any kind. Start calling them out on their shit and, and, and just do it in the most straightforward uh, and, and, and you know, honest way possible um, because Republicans are showing us who they are every day. You know, one of the things that has been troubling me, Kurt, are all the polls, right? Every, every day there's a new poll that comes out, a poll that says that Republicans will take back the House and the Senate, a poll that says that Biden's too old to be president, a poll, a poll, a poll. Um, 70% of the country supports abortion. Uh, 70% of the country supports LGBTQ rights and same-sex marriage. Do polls actually matter when we are living at a time of minority rule, when Republicans are going state by state by state, local office, local by local office in order to roll back rights? Like what does polling at a time like this, what, what, what is the message? What is the need, um, from it? If in fact, majority rule is not actually how America is governed. Yeah, I've always said that there's only one poll that matters, and that's the one that's conducted on election day. The rest is just complete bullshit. It's just something to give the chatter class of Washington something to talk about, write about, pontificate about. No one in America gives a crap. Um, people respond to, I think, force. I think people respond to mm. leadership. I think people respond to boldness. Um, Polls are such an imperfect science, as we've seen time and time again, how on big scale they've gotten big things wrong. And uh, I, I always I'm always critical of media who who tends to hang their hat on polling um, because the amount of oxygen they give polls does not compare at all to the oxygen they give it when it's wrong. Um, you know, and it's so misleading. and They're doing such a great disservice. You know, the reality is we live in a country now that. Joe Biden could do everything right for everybody, and there's still half a country who just wouldn't like him under any scenario right. because he's a Democrat. Like, that's where we're at. Um, doesn't matter what he does. Doesn't matter what he says. These people have just made a conscious decision to withdraw from reality, and they're never going to be satisfied. So I don't really give a crap what his approval rating is. I don't really care what certain elements of this country. When you take a poll, if, you, if you're including states like 
Alabama and Oklahoma and Arkansas in your poll, I, that poll is completely illegitimate to me because it doesn't matter what those people think at this point uh, because the, there's nothing Joe Biden can do to satisfy them. The, the people that elect Sarah Huckabee Sanders to be their governor, they're not going to also say, yeah, Joe Biden's doing a good job. It's an imperfect science, an imperfect metric, and uh, I, I think it's something that we need to get away from, honestly. You know, because um, Republicans, to your point, they don't care, right? Like, they, there, there is no, quote unquote, common ground. There is no place to go to where you're going to meet in the middle, right? Where just by virtue of being a Democrat, they some of them either want you dead, which they have actually said out loud, um, or they just want you dismissed and not have the ability to vote whatsoever. And so, you know, Kurt, as we're seeing this all play out, and there was a Washington Post article, I think it was late last week, that was um, talking about the fact that more Republicans are talking about civil war. There, that more of them are just like just casually talking about the fact that they believe that in the next couple of years, this is where this is going. And I, when they say couple of years, yeah. they're talking about the presidential. They're talking about 2024, which is not a couple of years. It's actually very close. Um, what do you make of that and the fact that Democrats, again, much in the same way that they dismissed the culture, quote unquote, conversations that got Yunkin into the governorship in Virginia? What do you make of the of the non-reaction right now um, about this looming threat? The normalization of violence within the Republican Party is one of the most underappreciated elements um, that, that that has put us kind of on this what feels almost like a death march towards Literally. war. Um, you know, again, we we saw on January sixth that it's not just words. It's not just tweets. It's not just, oh, we're trolling you know, the liberals on Twitter. Uh, it's real. And, and these are people who did not hesitate or flinch to impose their will and their, their, their violence on law enforcement, on members of Congress. They didn't care what party you were that day. If they found you, you were sure. That's why Josh Hawley was run away and, hot, and hauling ass, by the way. Uh, because he knew that they were going to come for him just like we're coming for everybody. That's where we're at right now. There's a part of me that almost says, it's like, yeah, we all want gun reform and guns are bad and all that. But man, every Democrat, there's part of me says, go out there and buy every gun and every bullet you possibly can. Because the idea that the only people left that will have guns are these lunatics is downright scary to me. And if yep. we're not going to be able to get rid of them, then maybe we need to be the party that arms up too to defend ourselves. You know, We have the right to defend democracy, to defend these institutions. Um, the, the rebellion that we are seeing play out right now in slow motion is very real. It is very dangerous. And they're not trying to hide it. They're not masking their intentions. You know, they're telling us what they want to do, that they want to live in a world where people like you and me are, are basically indentured servants, mm -hmm. where women are there just to produce more Incubate. white men. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that's, that, that's the world that they're fighting for. Um, and if we don't meet that with equal and more force, we're going to lose like that. That's that's how this ends at the end of the day. We we have to have the same will to fight for what we believe in as that, that matches theirs. And if we don't, the side that has that has the will always wins. Do you think it's inevitable, Kurt? Like, have we gotten to a place where where that kind that level of violence, right, is just going to be inevitable. We're seeing flashpoints, right? We see these flashpoints with mass shootings and then the ones that are politically motivated, we're listening to their manifestos that read mm -hmm. like a segment of Tucker Carlson's show. 
right? Like we, we, we are seeing this and we, and it's like, I feel like every single one of them is a warning, right? So is it inevitable if, if, if all were to go well, quote unquote, and we hold on to power in midterms and for the luck of the draw, Joe Biden holds on to the presidency in 2024, are we kicking this tinderbox down the road? I think that we're headed towards the edge of the cliff and we have these very small windows to stop us from going over. And that is what 2022 and 2024 really are. Um, if con- I-, I actually do, I'll make a, a prediction here. Mm-hmm. If Democrats are managed to hold on to Congress in 2022, the Republican party will dispense themselves with Donald Trump. He'll be done. He will be done. They will abandon him so quick. They will try to pretend like he never existed. Here's the thing about the, the wannabes, whether it's Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, uh, etc. None of them will ever be Donald Trump. They all were political figures that came up in the conventional political sphere. And even though they might parrot him and pretend to be him and try to mimic him, they aren't him. Trump came from somewhere very different. Trump came from freaking WWE Monday Night Raw, basically. basically. Uh, these guys all came from the halls of Congress and state legislators and just conventional, traditional, political uh, boundaries. Um, I think that if we hold on to power in 2022, the, that will be the ultimate repudiation of Trumpism. It'll be the third election in a row, by the way, that they will have lost 2018, 2020, and then 2022. Uh, and I think that they will politically understand that they are going to have to withdraw from this a little bit uh, if they're going to have any political future. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. 
Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.